Yeah, and I'm still wondering about that edible underwear. I think it was kind of made, in my mind, it was like made out of like fruit wraps, you know? Fruit wraps. Yeah, fruit roll-ups. Yes, of course. Yes. (laughs) Right. Hello world, it's a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. A whole lot of loving is what we'll be bringing. We'll make you happy. Welcome to the Pop Culture Preservation Society, the podcast for people born in the big wheel generation who learned about teen sex, alcoholism, divorce, homelessness, and the dangers of hitchhiking from our trusted electronic after-school babysitter, the ABC After School Special. We believe our Gen X childhoods gave us unforgettable songs, stories, characters, and images. And if we don't talk about them, they'll disappear, like Marshall, Will, and Holly on a routine expedition. And today, we will be saving our Gen X playground, the place where our pop culture was on display and available for purchase, in a very special tribute to the mall. I'm Carolyn. I'm Kristen. And I'm Michelle. And we are your pop culture preservationists. Hello world, a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. The word mall comes from a British 18th century term for a wide, tree-lined pedestrian promenade with shops along it. And in 1956, the city of Edina, Minnesota, envisioned a mall, a pedestrian promenade with shops along it, that was completely enclosed and climate-controlled because they noticed that people's shopping habits took a nosedive in the winter, which is not awesome for city revenues, um, when, of course, temperatures plummeted and sidewalks got icy. Soon to be called Southdale Center, the project was brought to life by an architect who saw Southdale as a solution to suburbia's lack of gathering spaces, along with Dayton's Department Store, a company that would eventually become Target. Oh, I just got. I know, (laughs) I know, right? And the impact was immediate, with seventy-five thousand people going to this new thing called a mall on its grand grand opening day, which, by the way, you guys, which that was five times the population of Edina itself. Oh my and our culture was changed forever. Mall fever spread all over the nation, becoming a national symbol of a car-centric, consumer-driven, post-war suburbia, and we were loving it. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. And what is so lucky for us, I feel, is that the mall came of age at the exact same time that we did. Yeah. I feel like. I feel like we Gen Xers are the mall generation. Mm-hmm. Maybe more than others. Mm-hmm. I do. I agree. Wear that, we'll wear that badge proudly, right? It really um, was. When you think yeah. about what the mall started out, out as and what it became, it became a place for kids and teenagers mm-hmm. to hang out and figure out who they were. I mean, that's why we have a movie called Mall Rats. Yeah, they I don't have argue, it mall moms. <laughs> I would argue that the 70s and 80s and 90s mm-hmm. were the heyday, the real heyday of the malls. And that's that's when Gen Xers were growing up and yeah. getting to the age mm-hmm. where we could go to the mall. And figuring um, out who we were. Yeah, yeah. Um, and our society, you guys, our society feels the exact same way. We had over 400 comments when we posted photos of old mall stores. Um, honestly, you guys listening, you basically wrote this episode for us, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, and make sure you stay tuned until the very, very end of this episode when you can hear voicemails from society members with their own fun mall memories. Oh, they had some it's great ones. Awesome. I, I was mm-hmm. blown away by the sheer amount and the 
fun memories that people shared. We had no idea that asking people about the mall would stir up so much nostalgia. Let's go to the mall, everybody! Everybody come and play Throw every last care away Let's go to the mall Well, you guys, we have um, some society members who have shared some fun memories with us. For those of you listening, make sure you stay tuned to the end where you can hear their voicemails. But um, along the way, we're going to be sharing some memories that people DM'd us. And I love this from Amy. Amy says, Missoula's Southgate Mall had a music land where I bought the 45 of Ann Murray's You Needed Me. <sighs> Solid choice. So cute. And it had a cooking store called Magic that I never would have gone into if not for their rolls and rolls of Mrs. Grossman's stickers. I feel you, Amy. Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time in the Hallmark store buying Hello Kitty stationery sets with teeny tiny pencils. I also liked, this is going to blow your minds, I also liked the little pom-poms that had antenna and peel and stick feet. You remember those? We would stick them in our locker doors. Yes. Mm -hmm. I put them on the dashboard, I think. Oh, my gosh. I totally forgot about that. Uh, And then Amy says, in third grade, I got my first pair of zip-up knee-high wedge boots from Tom McCann. I rocked those babies with a pair of culottes. I think I responded to Amy saying, "Um, Amy, did we hang out at the mall together? Because (laughs) literally, I think we would have gone, we would have um, enjoyed our time together. Um, and then, as I mentioned earlier, our Instagram society had also had lots to say when we asked them to just simply tell us the stores they remember from their mall days. Um, that's the that's the post where we had at currently over 400 comments. I made a list. So here is a list. Um, and this isn't even complete. I just got really tired of <laughs> scrolling. But just listen to this. This will just, um, the synapses, just hold on to them, guys, because you <laughs> might need to wear a hat because they're going to come firing straight out of your skull. Here we go. Hallmark T-Shirt Shack, Walden Books, B. Dalton, Casual Corner, Fox Moore, Stewart's, Learners, Music Land, Kinney's Shoes, Merry Go Round, Wicks and sticks. Anyone want a um, uh, root beer float shaped candle? <laughs> Sunday, a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Things remembered. You can just put your name on absolutely everything. Stick pin. Uh, a stick pin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could put uh, your name on an ID bracelet and pretend your boyfriend gave it to you. <laughs> oh. I don't know who would ever do anything like that. Um, (laughs) So dishonest. (laughs) Victoria's Secret. Do you remember how scandalous Victoria's Secret seemed when it first opened? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Licorice Pizza for Vinyl. I had never heard of that, the name of that store, and I love it. I think it should be a band name. Licorice Mm -hmm. Pizza. Jay Jacobs. um, You get your bugle boys there. Uh, Chess King, Vans, Contempo Casuals, Fashion Bug, Spencer's, of course. And Fashion Bug Plus. (laughs) Fashion Bug and Fashion Bug Club. Sam Goody, Tower Records, Benetton, 579, Miller's Outpost, Judy's, Woolworth, Swiss Colony, Sharper Image, Radio Shack, Foot Locker, Sanrio, Camelot Music, Units Clothing. We had a society member named Jody who modeled (gasps) Units Clothing. Way to go, Jody. That was the only store I ever had to wait in line to get into. It was that popular at the mall, and you had to, and it was so small. They had to, you know, figure out yeah. how many people could fit in, and I had to wait in line. To wait for your little knitted infinity belt? Oh, my gosh. To it was such a cool concept, really though. Was. I remember it was oh, mind-blowing. Was awesome. We were like, yes, this is was. the coolest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Yankee Candle, Gold Mine, Videocade, and pet stores at the mall. I know. Yes. You guys, pet stores were at the mall. Yes. Um, fun and you fact, just go visit. 
Yeah, fun fact, in 19, probably 90, 90, probably 1990, Brian and I got our first pet there when we were in college, we were dating, a tiny white bunny that I convinced him to buy, I fell in love with, and of course, he's the boyfriend who's like, of course, I'll get you the bunny, I'll keep it at my apartment. And we named it Sybil, and Brian at the time lived with four roommates, um, a couple of them we're still friends with, and I'm sure they were thrilled when Brian came home, and he's like, uh, listen, Michelle wanted this bunny, and um, we have this giant cage, and it's going to live in the bedroom. Okay, I have one to add. There was one that was a total, like, boring, boring, boring when somebody put it in the list because I loved the store and I had completely spaced it from my memory. And that is, it's a French word, au Do you remember au <laughs> <laughs> I imagine them picking up the phone and going, thank you for calling au Would you have even been friends with me if I said, let's meet at all cotton? Would you have, like, <laughs> just said, nope, I'm going to just keep on going. That girl cannot be I'm my sorry, friend. sorry, I can't be friends with you. <laughs> Yikes. And we also got some great stories from people who worked at the mall. You guys, the mall job was the holy grail of teenage labor, I swear. Yes, it was. Did mm-hmm. either of you work at the mall? Well, yes, I, um, I did. I worked in the kiosk. We're oh, selling nice. fake, fake perfume. Oh, yes. oh that's right. And the, an, yes. the, an, the Anna East, perfume. Anna East, or the, the Benet Benet <laughs> yeah. and the Gloria Mandervilt <laughs> and all those things. Well, and I have to tell you that at the, it was a very stressful job because you're out, you're not in the back in a store, you're out in the middle of the mall. And, and I was the only one working and I had about five minutes of training. And then at the end of the night when the mall closed, I had to add up all the money from the day. Oh, and God damn it, if those numbers, they never, ever added up the same way twice. And they would be making announcements like, all employees, please leave the mall. And I'm like, I can't. I'm off 27 cents. I can't do it. And one time, we'll probably have to cut this part out, I actually barfed in a trash can in the middle of the mall in my kiosk. I'm like literally helping somebody with um, the knockoff beautiful called Pretty or something. And... And I'm like, hmm, I'm going to throw up. Hold one second. I need to look at, I didn't tell her I was going to throw up. And I bend down and I open the garbage can um, cupboard and I just stick my head in the cupboard and I threw up and then I closed it and I was like, okay, so here's pretty. And would you like me to spray a little on a card for you? She's probably like, yes, please. You smell like vomit. (laughs) Or I'm sorry, you smell like, you smell like Domit. (laughs) Domit. It's the knockoff of vomit. Well, our friend Gail, our good friend Gail, um, she basically worked everywhere at the mall, I think. Gail, um, I was going to say, if you're listening, but we know you're listening. Thank you so much. (laughs) We actually have some questions about if you just got bored or maybe got fired um, (laughs) because she, I think, worked everywhere at the mall. But she also had the coveted 80s mall job. She worked at the movie theater. Here's what Gail says. She says, I worked at Learners, Stewart's, Claire's, and the food court, otherwise known as the pit. But I knew I hit the mall jackpot when I joined the movie theater staff as a candy girl. Our orange polyester vests transformed us into superheroes, where we traded goods and services with our food court friends as swiftly as a Moroccan (laughs) open air market. (laughs) We should also mention that Gail is a writer. Yes. (laughs) She writes the wittiest comments. You're making everybody's day at the candy counter. Everybody loves you at the candy counter. Well, and you counter. see everybody. All yeah. your friends go to the movies, so you get to always see all your yep. friends. But and what talk happens them, yeah. when they ask you for free candy? Oh, that would be tough. I don't think Gail was having any trouble with that. That was not yeah, Gail a moral was, issue uh, for Gail. Not the rule follower that Michelle and I are, that I'm, <laughs> have, I'm anxious thinking about my 15-year-old self being asked for some sugar daddies like under the counter. 
or whatever. <laughs> oh, sugar daddy sound good. And the hustler of cultures also has serious memories of this time working at the mall. And he said, in the late 70s and early 80s, I took, you guys just wait for it, organ lessons <laughs> with my mom at the with mall. With my mom? Every week I love it. next to J.C. Penny. And then I worked in the same mall at the CPI one-hour photo finish oh my and gosh. then at National Record Mart. Ate hot Sam's and hot dog on a stick daily, flirted with the girls at the Piercing Pagoda, chair races down the middle of the mall after clothes, running the back hallways between stores. I'm serious, you guys. Is that like a musical no. <laughs> montage from a John Hughes movie? It absolutely is. And I just yeah. love, I at the, at the Hustler of Cultures, um, we don't know your actual name, <laughs> which we did, but I love the... The um, one-hour photo finish, that's something uh-huh. that is just non-existent. It's gone. And organ gone. lessons. Nobody takes organ lessons. No. Nobody even has an organ <laughs> no. anymore. Gosh. We, I mean, that's so, that resonates with me because my grandma had an organ Mine instead of a too. piano. We love to play oh, yes. My friends who had the organs, and they were like three levels and all these. Yes. <laughs> and all those buttons. buttons? Yes. Oh, my God. The buttons I were know. fantastic. Buttons. You know what? I wonder if that's a skill that's still handy to have today. I wonder if all those, you know how some people say, oh, I had to take piano lessons my whole childhood. And you're like, yeah, but you know what? That probably paid off. You can, I don't think we can say to him, but those organ <laughs> lessons pay off. They really paid off. You're going to be sorry when you're an adult and you quit organ right. lessons. Right. Um, and then um, our friend Shane, I think Shane, you win mall hero in our opinion. Oh my gosh. Just listen to his memories. Shane says, my first job at the mall was KB, then Sears. Musicland, The Candy Corner, JR's Music, Stars and Stripes Video. Video. Video stores, Mm, you guys. Also, Shane, did you also just love the mall or get fired a lot? Because that's a lot of of switching um, stores. Um, He says, the mall was literally my world. We lived, ate, and socialized there for years. We would all hang out in each other's stores, eat lunches and dinner together. Walgreens Restaurant and Lums come to mind. And then always end up at the movie theater, hanging out in the box office. The manager was one of our amazing group of friends. And sometimes until five in the morning... Watching run-throughs of all the new movies with the popcorn popping and the sodas flowing. The pizza peeps would bring pizza or food from wherever they worked. I cannot imagine my late teens and early 20s without that place and the memories it holds. It's a time I miss a lot and often. Oh, Shane, I, I am go, jealous right now. I know. I want to go back in time and be part jealous. of Shane's mall gang. I know. I want to be your 1980s friend. How did you get to stay up out so late and no one, like you were up at five in the morning? How did that happen? Kristen and I are just like, we want to be part of the gang and Carolyn's concerned about your parenting. (laughs) (laughs) Because you guys, I have, and still to this day have, this weird fear about being locked in a mall after hours. I think oh. it's fantastic. Oh, oh, no, scary! No. Like if you have to add up all the numbers and you're looking at getting locked in, it's when terrifying. you said that and yeah, they made terrifying. that announcement. Mm-hmm. My heart is like pounding for you because that was a fear of mine, like being the last person in the mall and they didn't know I was in the bathroom or something. And then I oh, come yeah. out oh, and God. everything is closed and I can't get out. If you would have held on to your dime and not spent it, you could have <laughs> used the payphone. 
Okay, so there, Shane brought up something very important that we need to talk about, and that okay. is mall food. Mm. Whether it was a food court or a department store diner or a frothy, milky, orange-flavored beverage that may or may not have ever seen an actual <laughs> orange, we ate at the mall. Maybe because it was good, or maybe because you may not have had enough money for that cowl neck sweater, but you did have enough to split a bag of caramel corn three mm. ways. <sighs> Definitely. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, I think my most important mall food were malt balls from the candy counter mm-hmm. at Sears. Oh, yeah. Because my mom would be looking at something boring, and the rest of us were stuck in Sears. And so my dad would take us to the candy counter, and we would get, I swear to God, you guys, like five malt balls. One malt ball <laughs> for each person. But that was awesome, yeah. because now we didn't have to look at towels with my mom. Oh my gosh. I don't have, um, I don't have memories like that. I was a big sweet tooth. So I mm-hmm. would always, especially if I was there without a parent, I would go into the candy store and I can't even remember maybe what it was called, but you know, sold a lot of candy and I would get those sour balls. They're like all the different, they almost look like a big gumballs, but you know, they like a sugar coating and then it's like mm-hmm. that chewy jelly stuff inside. It makes my teeth hurt Gross. just thinking about them. But uh, I was triggered. My memory was triggered by all the people, all of our society members talking about the cafeterias. Um, oh. We would always go to cafeterias. It was like Wyatt's cafeterias, mm-hmm. or and um, I remember I would pretty much just get a giant plate of mashed potatoes and gravy at cafeterias. <laughs> Loved it and chicken fried steak. If we when we lived in Texas, you could always get chicken fried steak at the cafeterias. So chicken fried steak, mashed potatoes, and gravy. Uh, I can almost still taste it. I think the number one thing that was mentioned in all of the comments was definitely Spencer's, but I think the number two thing that mm-hmm. was mentioned in the comments was orange juice. Oh yes. Oh yeah. I remember wanting to like Orange Julius more than I would you say Julius is. I remember wanting to like Orange Julius Julia. yes. <laughs> more than I actually did. Yeah. Like I feel yeah. like I would get them occasionally and then I would take a couple sips and go, oh, it's just, it's kind of like frothy air. Like I wanted it mm-hmm. to taste maybe like an orange slush or like a creamsicle shake or something. And it tasted, it was a weird consistency. It really was. But isn't there, for me, there was a, an, I like this worry of what is this? <laughs> Is it a milkshake? No. Or is it juice? No. I didn't. And of course, the answer is it's both. But I'm like, no, no, I need an answer. What is this? Yeah, that I I'm with you guys, and especially Michelle. I would get it because everyone else got it, and I'd pre- mm-hmm. I'd actually pretend I was drinking it. I don't even oh. think I took more than oh, maybe God. one sip. The one to say one and only. I'm never taking a sip of this again. Um, yeah, that whole idea of juice maybe mixed with milk or something, I don't know. It just, I don't know what I it is. It. So okay. um, I just have a quick roll call of some stores that might jog your memories that our listeners um, and our society members gave to us on Instagram. So we have Hickory Farms, of course, Carolyn's favorite, I think. Samples, little um, toothpick, please. Oh, I loved the free. I just would. I just liked the small, the beef sticks. So we'd go buy beef sticks too and gnaw on those. You spent money at Hickory Farms. I thought it was just all the stuff was free, and you just ate I think, it. On I your feel way like by. we got the beef sticks, um, like as a meal, though. Like that's <laughs> like my friends and I. Like that's you know dinner. Uh, Orange Joyous, of course. Hot dog on a stick with the ridiculous. Um, you know, the ridiculous costumes. Hot Sam. House of Almonds. Fun fact, my husband worked at House of Almonds in about 1985. And he dated the girl at Hot Sam who worked at Hot Sam. A uh, little romance. mall romance. Mm-hmm. Um, Wyatt's, Woolworth, Walgreens, Cafeterias, Farrell's Ice Cream, we mentioned, the Great American Cookie Company, Mrs. Fields. Do you remember when that opened? Oh, we yes. thought like, oh my God. And you all, everybody just wanted, it was like a big deal if you could find the recipe. Baskin Robbins. Um, one potato, two. 
Sparrow oh, pizza, the giant slices of pizza, just, you know, the cheese congealing under the light. And uh, like you mentioned, Kristen, caramel corn with mm-hmm. K's. It's where the K's. Kardashians caramel eat their caramel corn. corn right? But you guys, things have changed a little bit. The mall, sadly, is no longer the hub of activity that it used to be. Many have closed or they lost their anchor stores or they tried to reinvent themselves for a new demographic, but nothing really seems to work. And according to the Business Insider, which was one of our main sources for this episode, not even the first modern shopping mall is safe from America's retail apocalypse. And he's right. Southdale now is just Mm -hmm. a shadow of its former self. That's so sad. It is. And speaking of apocalypse, there are a couple of um, websites out there and people that have documented these dead malls, is what they're called, Mm -hmm. that look like... Oh. apocalyptic sites. Yeah. So They're like ghost towns. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's so sad. And I feel like, I mean, for us, the mall was vital to our socialization in oh, the 70s yes. and 80s. And for the kids, who, I mean, in the 90s as well, um, we were, you know, adults then, but for the kids who were still teenagers in the night, the Gen Xers who were still teenagers in the 90s, um, it's a lot like the roller rink, I think. Yeah. Um, and I mean, as you can tell by this discussion, it was a monumental Mecca in our lives. And it was way, way, way more than just a place to shop. It was where we could be independent, where we could gossip and flirt and make grown-up decisions about whether to spend our $5 on a record album or a glow-in-the-dark poster or maybe another frothy orange drink. (laughs) I mean, really, it was all about we were very independent. And it was sort of like a giant playpen. Mm -hmm. You could only go so far. You weren't going to get hit by a car. Mm -mm. And you weren't going to go to the wrong place. Everything at the mall was safe. Yeah. Wander all day if you want. We could. It, and it was. It was where we gathered to just wander, mm-hmm. to eat junk food, to absorb the colors and sounds and smells like we talked about at the t-shirt mm-hmm. shack, and and to fuel our friendships. I mean, we bonded over colorful stickers or buttons for our jean jackets or striped rugby shirts, or we just laughed together at the ridiculous hats the girls at Hot Dog on a Stick had to wear. <laughs> um, but- I just feel kind of sad. I mean, we've talked about this in uh, in several episodes. I feel like our kids, they don't have the same kind of memories we do. Obviously, they shouldn't have the yeah. same kind of memories we do. Um, and not to say our generation is better than it is. Um, <laughs> but again, it's just like roller rinks like, and a long list of other things we've talked about. Our kids, I feel, miss out on some of the simpler stuff. Um, yeah. The thing is, is I don't think they think they're missing out. And if I was in their shoes, I probably wouldn't either because I I would argue that maybe our parents can say we missed out on a lot of stuff that they enjoyed in their Mm -hmm. generation. You know, it's just progress. But Mm -hmm. what is it do you guys think that has slowly killed them all? Online shopping, certainly. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've just come out of a, a global pandemic where everybody had to stay home. But things are changing in terms of what people wanted. Like, what did the mall not provide for people anymore? I think what's happened, and I think I even have, I fell victim to this as, you know, in the past 10, 15 years, everything is so quick and we can access things so readily and we have such instant gratification that, yes, for me to say, I mean, I'll admit to say, oh, I either got to get in, get dressed, get in my car and drive to the mall Or I can sit here in my pajamas while dinner's cooking and order the things I want online. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, we got, we've gotten really used to just, just 
the ease of sitting down at our computers and and that's sad. It ceases to be an, a leisure activity, right? When we were kids, we were not just going there to spend money. We wanted to spend money, but we didn't have a lot of money. And so it became a place, like you said, Michelle, where we created relationships. Mm-hmm. And now our kids are creating relationships, but not face to face. They're doing it through these little rectangles that they look into. They're doing it through their laptop. They're doing it through video games. They're doing it through texting. And I'm sure everybody has asked their kid, instead of texting your friend, why don't you go outside and meet your friend? Mm-hmm. And they're like, what? I've, I've actually suggested specifically many times to my girls, why don't mm-hmm. you guys meet at the mall? And it's sort of like, well, what would we do? We'll just God. walk around. We did. We just walked That's around right. with our caramel corn. Mm-hmm. That's what we but did. You know but it was so um, fun. I guess kind of a catch-22 because... If we're not spending as much and we're just going and walking around the mall and hanging out, mm-hmm. those stores can't necessarily keep themselves um, afloat. And I think that was part of the demise of some malls is that they did become this place of congregation. And um, there might have been, in some of the stuff I've read, people that felt unsafe where some of these yeah. Mm-hmm. Kids groups seemed like kind of gang like, I guess. I mean, even well, and they gathered in two great numbers. Exactly, two great numbers. and yeah. so those people that were spending money, the you know grandmas and the moms of the world who decided they didn't feel comfortable anymore and they could just go to Target, weren't mm-hmm. going to the mall anymore. And yeah. um, I think that was probably a reason that some of these stores ended up not being able to stay open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were not keeping them alive, that is no. for sure. My $5 was not carrying Mm-mm. them all. Yeah, I mean, because we could go to the mall with even no money and have a great time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All the time. Yes. All the time. You get free samples at Hickory Farms, you're good to go. That's right. <laughs> I've come across a few ways that people, that architects are um, oh. bringing uh, a different kind of life to malls. So there are uh, some mall former locations have been turned into mega churches. So there's that way to um, reuse mm-hmm. that kind of a space. Uh, community colleges have purchased malls and use them oh. now as classrooms. Uh, obviously, location is a big um, thing for these, depending on where they're located, what they can be turned into. But there are groups and architectural firms that are looking of way, at ways of reimagining what a mall could also be. Mm-hmm. Because it's a huge amount of real estate. Well, it is. You don't want to take that down. Well, exactly. Exactly. And in some cases, in some places, they actually are taking them down and just letting um, that area kind of reseed and be green space because all the area around there had become kind of concrete jungles. So it's almost Mm -hmm. um, the opposite effect and becoming parklands and things like that. So even Southdale Mall, which is a ghost of its former self, is trying to reinvent itself with a health club and city offices, yeah. with county offices. The public library is going to be at the mall. So they're working. Yes. It. Mm-hmm. But all is not lost, everybody, because visits, although they plummeted during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic by 91%. Ouch. I know. That's a lot. And they probably weren't doing great to begin with. But mall mm-hmm. visitors are now exceeding pre-pandemic levels. Seriously. I know. Possibly due to revenge spending. In my opinion, maybe just to see some other human beings and be around Mm -hmm. others and have some connection. You know, maybe it's because people are craving that social interaction again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's really, that's going back to what we've just been talking about, to one of the main 
reasons we loved being at the mall. And so mm-hmm. maybe we will get back to that a little bit. I mean, I would I would like it. So our followers, Shane and Gail, you have to go back and look at the comments on our mall post because they started envisioning a future for the mall. Mm-hmm. If we Gen Xers were the ones who made the mall what it is, we can still make the mall rise again. And you just have to listen to this convo they had in the comments. Yeah, I think it should be a sitcom. Um, I think we need to get on that, ladies, stat. So yeah, we're going to read it. Carolyn's going to read Gail, and I'm going to read Shane. And this was their back and forth conversation. Um, And if you want to go back and look at it, it's on the post where we had the Southdale Mall on it. Okay, here we go. What if all the empty malls were converted to Gen X retirement communities someday? A Gen Xer can dream. O-M-G. Where do I send my deposit? At Pop Culture Preservation Society, we need your ever-growing public platform more than ever. It's time to further this genius idea. Yes, I can picture it now. Cruising the mall with our walkers, scooters, and roller skates. Enjoying three square meals a day at the food court in Hickory Farms. Shopping for sensible yet fast fashionable shoes at Kinney's. Climbing into bunk beds each night where we find a single Fanny Farmer chocolate mint on our pillows. Oh. <laughs> We all want to live in the Musicland Suite or the Spencer Suite. No one wants to live at Sears. What am I missing? (laughs) Thank you for that, Shane. I don't want to live at Sears. Stopping for snacks at Caramel Corn while on our way down to Chess King for something cool, yet comfortable to wear to music and activities in the center court. I hope that girl with the short bangs at Walgreens is working when I pick up my prescriptions. (laughs) I'll get a can of cherry Coke while I'm there. Did you hear that the girl from Claire's won the raffle yesterday? She got a year's lease on that Fiero that was displayed and gets to park it right in front of Penny's. Lucky. Uh, Once she's in, she'll never be able to get out of it, though. (laughs) That's what the walker is for. You can pull yourself up. Does does this involve computery things? Because maybe the nerds at Radio Shack can help us, or the cute guy at Brookstone. And yes, the girl at Walgreens makes a love connection with you as you pick up your prescriptions. We meet for a dinner date at One Potato Two and share our stories, <laughs> hobbies, and bacon bits. Our lively conversation is interrupted when Schneider, the janitor, rolls his mop bucket around our table. With a twinkle in his eye, Schneider draws a heart on the floor with his murky mop that hasn't changed since Peter Brady hit puberty. The sun is setting over the skylights of the food court, but that's totally fine. Our wicks and sticks candle, shaped like a banana split, provides a warm glow. What's next? We walk indoors to the United Artists Movie Theater, where we choose from not one, but four movies at the multiplex. Plot twist. (laughs) How do I tell the girl with the short bangs that it's actually the cute guy at Brookstone that has my heart? Should I get her a card at Sheila's Hallmark? Let's go down to Sparrow, grab a table and a pizza. Or an Orange Julius? I'm on a diet. Love a good plot twist. And yes, you do all three things. This is followed by a shopping spree at Merry-Go-Round and Chess King. You cement your friendship with the girl with short bangs by sharing one clove cigarette from the pipe den. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. That is so... I love it. I just love it. Uh, Yeah, let's live them a round of applause. And scene. So funny. And scene. And now, a break for station identification. 
You guys, reliving these mall memories is so much fun. It really takes me back to a simpler time when we didn't have to know the difference between PDFs and JPEGs or remember complicated passwords or know how to reboot streaming services when they freeze on us. I agree, but not everything nowadays is hard, Michelle. It's not? No. For instance, it's super easy to follow our podcast where you listen. On Apple Podcasts, you just have to tap the three little dots in the upper right-hand corner of your screen. And on Spotify, you just have to tap the big follow button under our image. Follow, follow, follow. Yes, and it's also super easy to rate and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I don't know why the other ones you can't rate and review, but if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, super easy. Just click those five stars and then type in some really nice words about the PCPS. I mean, you all did have to learn how to type in high school, (laughs) even if it was on a typewriter instead of a keyboard. And even though we sadly don't use snail mail here at the PCPS, we do send out fun emails with more Gen X tidbits. So sign up at our website, poppreservationists.com, to get our weekly reader delivered straight to your inbox. And do you want to know the easiest thing you can do? Share your love of our podcast and our social media pages with friends. Sharing things you love with friends is what made those mall trips so special and fun, isn't it? Totally. We appreciate your support so much. Honestly, rating, reviewing, and sharing is the only way we know we are getting heard and the only way our society can grow. We wish we could buy you all the jumbo gift boxes from Hickory Farms, but our gratitude will just have to do. And now, back to the show. We had so much fun reliving these mom memories, we decided to play a short fantasy game. We present to you, Carolyn, Kristen, and Michelle's Perfect Days at the Mall, sponsored by by Hickory Farms. All right, ladies. We are actually going to visit the Cherry Hill Mall in a fall crisp day in 1980. I want to let you know I'm kind of famous because the <laughs> Cherry Hill Mall was the first enclosed mall east of the Mississippi. So I oh have shopped oh. in both the, obviously, first enclosed mall in the country, but that happens to be west of the Mississippi in Edina. Mm-hmm. So the Cherry Hill Mall in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, was built in 1961, and it is the first enclosed mall in <laughs> east of the Mississippi. As we head to the mall entrance of the store, we stop by the perfume counter and ask for some samples, hoping the woman at the counter gives us a handful and crossing our fingers that at least some of those might be Anais, Anais. Is that how I say it? Oh, I used to call it N-A-N-A. Oh, okay. Well, we can leave this in because I never said N-A-N-A, and that's probably how you say it. Do you know how I know it's called N-A-N-A? Like, I'm I'm going to be the expert on this. Here's the reason I know, Carol. Because you're French? Yes, exactly. Oh, I forgot I was French. Uh, Yes. When I'm a meme. listeners know that Kristen likes to throw her French around. Right. When you've got your meme routine, you need to put on N-A-N-A. I used to work at the mall... In the fake perfume kiosk. Oh. <laughs> and so <laughs> I had to sell NANA, which was probably like bane bane, <laughs> because it was fake. It was a knockoff. Oh my I know it's called NANA because I wore it for like six solid years. And people would often ask me, what's actually, maybe I was saying it wrong. They would say, oh, that smells Isn't good. What, what are com- you wearing? And I would say, NANA. I, th- I thought mm-hmm. there was an, a commercial where they say, 
Anna East. Anna East. Make it listeners. Let that us could be know. true. Yeah. Actually, okay. that could be that true. Could be true. And my we manager, could. who was probably like straight from dropping out of seventh grade, said it's NANA. Okay. Well, listeners, you are can probably yelling in your cars as to what it's called, but romance is more than a feeling. It's now a gift. Anaïs, Anaïs, parfum de cacherelle. Oh! <laughs> yes, it's Carolyn's turn to be right. Thank you, Internet. We are planning on meeting some boys from school at the arcade in about an hour, so we have some time to shop before that. We've brought our babysitting money along with us since we're also hoping to buy some Christmas presents and maybe a little something for ourselves. My mom also gave me a $10 bill before I left, so I'm feeling like Miss Moneybags. <laughs> Our first stop is The Gap. We look through the cubes of cords and jeans, but it's almost impossible to find my waist and length. Super skinny and pretty tall. But I do end up getting a t-shirt with The Gap printed on the front of it, but I think I'm more excited about the plastic drawstring bag the cashier puts it in than the shirt, because now I've got a nice new Gap bag to carry my gym suit to school. Hickory Farms is close by, so we make a stop for some samples and ogle over the gift boxes with the blocks of cheese and sausages and mustard, and I take a mental note of which one I will buy the day after Christmas when they all go on sale for 50% off. <laughs> so practical. I know. The Hallmark store is next. Debbie buys some stickers while I check out the latest collection of Christmas ornaments on display. And then on to Piercing Pagoda and then B. Dalton <laughs> Books, where Debbie and I buy the latest V.C. Andrews book. We each pay for half, and I'll read it after Debbie finishes it. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to meet the boys. So we head to the arcade, where we sheepishly hang by the door, waiting for them to notice us. And when they all do, we decide to head over to Spencer's, just flipping through the posters. But I'm skipping all those velvety blacklight ones, because those are just weird to me. The boys are in the gag gift section, but then try to convince us to look in the dimly lit back part of the store. Ooh. Yeah, I know. That adult <laughs> section. And I really don't want to go because there's a rule follower in me, as you all know. And I know I'm not supposed to be back there. But I do. Especially with boys. That's oh, uncomfortable. And they that, were that just scary. adds to the uncomfortable of level of Spencer's Which, for me. I feel like a little uncomfortable right now. Carolyn, hurry. Move on. Oh, I Get know. us out of well, there. Well, I can't because... <laughs> I, oh no! My eyes are just glued to the packages of edible underwear, and I'm oh, so intrigued. Oh. Like, what do they taste like? Do you wear it all day? Like, what is this edible underwear that I am staring? And at? Why are you wearing it? Did they dissolve? I don't know. Like, That's exactly candy? those were like cotton candy. All my questions, but there were packages and packages. I think there were different flavors, and I just couldn't wrap my head around this edible underwear mm -mm. thing. I just didn't know why you would be eating. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what was that What was that all about? Why yeah. do you want to eat your underwear? Right, is it dirty after you take like it off? Like you eat your own underwear. <laughs> right. right. I, didn't, I would of never course. imagine that somebody else was eating <laughs> <No>. the underwear. <laughs> so I leave, and I head to look for some Christmas gifts. I find okay. the perfect gift for my dad. It's a mustache mug. It's like a coffee mug, and it has this little part... <laughs> over the top where his mustache would hit so he didn't get all of the liquid embedded in his mustache. So I've got my Christmas gifts in tow and we're off to the lodge at Harvard Square. This was my favorite store and I think it might have only been in the Northeast. Does this ring a bell to you guys, the lodge at Harvard Square? Mm -hmm. oh. mm -mm. Mm -mm. My favorite store filled with all things preppy. I could spend all day in this store looking at the Fair Isle sweaters, the cable knit sweaters, the Argyle socks. It was my dream. 
Debbie and I then go to the Limited, and the boys want to go back to the arcade. So we say bye and head to a few more stores, like Learner's and the county seat. Then it's time to find the payphone and call my dad. While we wait in line for the phone, I dig out a dime and then dial an old rotary dial phone and call Mm -hmm. home. So that was my perfect day in the fall of 1980. Kristen, I want to hear all about your favorite perfect mall day. You better shop around. My perfect day at Harmar Towndale, which is a mashup of all the malls of my youth. Harmar Mall, Northtown, and Rosedale, which is Southdale's cousin on the St. Paul side. Are we surprised that Kristen found a way to (laughs) smush all her favorite malls into one day? Okay, so my day, my perfect day at Harmar Towndale, starts with the fact that I have my own money, and I don't have to ask my parents if I can get something so they can go, maybe, or not today, or $35, (laughs) and then suggest that we go to Sears to see if they have something similar, and then I come home with an Isaac shirt that has a parrot on it instead of an alligator. (laughs) That's where my fantasy begins. This money is mine, and I carry it in a little Sucrets tin. Mm-hmm. So when I arrive, I stop at the fountain and I dig a penny out of my Sucrets tin and I throw it in. My first stop is Musicland because my fantasy is that I don't have to pick just one record. I can buy all the records I want. And so I buy the two latest KTEL records, which both have Shadow Dancing on it. Plus, I buy Shadow Dancing, the actual album. So that's three albums with Shadow Dancing on it. Plus, I get Spirits Having Flown by the Bee Gees. Plus the soundtrack to Saturday Night Fever because I can't believe we don't even have that yet. Plus the soundtrack of the new Sgt. Pepper with the Bee Gees and Peter Frampton. And then I might as well get the Frampton Comes Alive album too because I've been looking at that album cover for years. It's always right at the front of the store and all my babysitters love him. So I'm going to get it. Then I buy a poster of John Travolta in his white suit on the multicolored dance floor doing his finger pointing thing. Next... I go to the Danskin store to buy a new shiny spandex Danskin leotard with spaghetti straps and a matching spandex wraparound skirt for when I go to the disco. Mm -hmm. Be Dalton Bookstore is next. This is where I spend most of my time. I would get a whole bunch of books about witches and a tiger beat that has individual posters of all the BGs sitting in big wicker chairs, including (laughs) Robin, even though I don't really get Robin, but they come as a set and I can't break them up. (laughs) Then I sneak over to the adult section and I find the joy of sex. I don't buy it, obviously. I just look at the pictures. Mm -hmm. And then I also find biographies of Shirley Temple and Judy Garland and a book that has the obituaries of all sorts of old movie stars in it. I don't actually know that they're obituaries at the time. I just think through these nice little (laughs) write-ups about old movie stars. (laughs) And how they died. Yeah, and they just include how they died. Right. Um, At the t-shirt shack, I also don't have to choose just one. (gasps) So I get a Mork and Mindy and a Ziggy and an Andy Gibb. And I stand right next to the big machine as the girl presses my iron-on onto my shirt. And the smell, you guys, Mm. the smell is like the smell of my best life. Mm -hmm. That burning plastic and fabric in the shape of my favorite people and things worn on the front of my body to tell the world who I am. So next, I stop at Berman Buckskin, which my mom calls Herman Berman by mistake, and which will one day become Wilson's Leather. But I'm not here for leather goods. I'm here for the model horses. Some people call them briar horses. And for all the people out there who didn't have a horse phase, model horses were horses molded out of plastic, about 10 inches tall, and we collected them, kind of like matchbox cars for horse girls. (laughs) 
but they weren't toys. This was very serious. You displayed them on your bookshelf, or you might create a scenario on your rug, but that's not playing. That's that's just merchandise. <laughs> so um, I buy a Palomino, a Dapple Gray, and a big Morgan horse, which sends me back to B. Dalton Bookstore to buy a copy of Misty of Chincoteague and Justin Morgan Had a Horse. I don't actually read these books, you guys. Hashtag librarian. <laughs> yes, I don't actually read them because I, I think actually they're kind of boring. But the covers were really great, and they mm-hmm. told people who I was. I'm a horse girl. So my favorite stop by far is Nelson's Office Supply, where I fondle the office supplies, the label makers, the notepads, the tape dispensers, and I get a flat tin. Do you guys remember these? A flat tin full of markers, full of pens that I beg for every time we go to Nelson's. It's the big one with 35 markers, and on the front of the tin is a scene from George Seurat's Sunday on Le Grand Jat, which we call Sunday in the Park with George. Mm-hmm. Um, And I'm so, so excited for my pens. I almost turn around and run home. But wait, I need something to color in. So I go to Spencer's to get one of those very sophisticated Mm -hmm. coloring books about mythical beasts. Mm -hmm. There's a unicorn on the front. This is not for babies, you guys. Only experienced artists with the tins of 35 markers (laughs) should even attempt these coloring books. Um, But then I also buy three new troll dolls, a tiny tin of village lip balm, the kind where the cover slides off, Mm -hmm. um, and a poster of a Pegasus flying over a rainbow. And finally, finally, I can get that rotating disco light from my bedroom to go with my spandex. Did you? I love Mm -hmm. my rotating disco light. Yes. So you can practice for dance fever. Right. Yes. You gotta. And you've got the the spandex leotard and skirt. So you're set. Yeah, for practicing. Mm -hmm. I save the Harmar Mall pet store for last because animals are very heavy and that would be hard to carry around while I shop. (laughs) And I ask the clerk to take out the puppy that looks like Benji and put him in the flimsy makeshift gated playpen in the middle of the store where people try out the puppies. How much is that doggy in the window? (laughs) The one with the waggly tail. I tell the clerk I'll take the puppy, and I will consult the list of pet names I keep in my Rainbow Nothing book for just this purpose, probably Mr. Tumnus. We go to Farrell's Ice Cream Parlor to celebrate, because that's where you go to celebrate things, especially when it's your birthday and you get a free Sunday. But Mr. Tumnus is scared by the ambulance sirens they play when they bring out the giant Sunday that's so big that they have to bring it out on a stretcher. So we have to leave after just one root beer float. We always had to leave, because my sister... She always. It was too much, it right? Was. It was and a that lot. drum, they banged that big yes. drum. Yes. And I, it was like a love hate relationship I had with that yes, place. Yes. Mm-hmm. But why did my you parents loved it so much. bring us there then? Because I would <laughs> always be mad and she would always be screaming. So why did they do that? Because we'd have to. How leave. many crying children did parents pull out of Pharaoh's? Yes. Because it was just overstimulating. Right. And you would think that they would have uh, made some changes. Yeah. Right. The ambulance sirens? Yes, yeah, a lot. Mm hmm. And yet, I loved it at the same time. Oh, I loved it too. Loved it. Loved it. Especially when they have the menu that's like a newspaper. I was just going to say that. that? Yes, that's right. I loved it so much. Okay, so after we we have our root beer float and we leave Farrell's, if it's truly, truly a fantasy, then I'm going to meet Scott Fenwick or Scott Sorensen or one of the other Scots in my class at the Harmar Mall movie theater. We'll meet under the marquee with the flashing lights because that's how they do it in romantic movies. And we will end the day by seeing Grease. It will be my 10th time. So this is breaking my own record. He buys me lemon drops because that's my favorite movie snack. 
And don't worry, the puppy is fine. He sits <laughs> under my chair the whole time, except when he comes out to cuddle with me and one of the Scots during Hopelessly Devoted to You. <laughs> and then Scott's mom picks us up and lets us sit in the back seat, and she doesn't even say anything to us at all, except for offering to drive us to the mall tomorrow. Aww. Aww. I love that. Thank that's you. That's a good day. Yeah, that's a good day, right? Mm-hmm. Is anyone mm-hmm. named Scott anymore? <laughs> Only people who are 53. <laughs> Okay, so what does your perfect day look like, Michelle? My perfect day at the mall looks um, a lot like you guys' perfect day at the mall. We visit a lot of the same places. So for me, it's the end of May 1982. I'm newly 13, and I'm dropped off at Vancouver Mall, which is Van Mall, uh, in Vancouver, Washington, with my friend Kristen. We enter through Nordstrom so we can wander through Brass Plum. Um, we're just starting to be able to fit into the clothes there, and that makes us feel like super mature That's and grown very up. Exciting. Yeah. But then we make a beeline for the Sanrio store to see if there are any new Hello Kitty and Little Twin Stars things to add to our collections. And then we're going to stroll over to Hallmark, and after looking at all the Ziggy cards and calendars and mugs, We spend at least an hour at that tall, rectangular Mrs. Grossman sticker display, (laughs) turning it around and around and painstakingly making decisions on which square of four stickers to rip off and take home to put in our sticker albums. Oh, hearts. I have so many. (laughs) Half rainbows. Well, if you put them together, they make a whole rainbow. Um, Oh, shit. I ripped off the bunnies, and I don't want them now that I see the multicolored cats. (laughs) I'll just hide it here behind the metallic stars. No one will know that I ripped it off. Um, so, and then after lunch, which is cookies from the Great American Cookie Company, I mean, no one's around to tell us we can't have cookies for lunch. That's right. Uh, we go to the holy grail of stores, the t-shirt shack. We happily flip through decals like record albums, flipping, flipping, trying to make the perfect decision. The smell of the big flat irons heating the vinyl permeating the air, like Kristen, you said, mm-hmm. it's intoxicating. Yeah. I choose the glittery 87 rules decal and have them put my name on the back in rainbow letters. And when they hand it to me, the decal is still warm and kind of soft. And I bury my face in it and inhale. Like, honestly, you guys, could that smell be classified as like an 80s drug? You really, let's think think about this for a minute. That is a smell that is only for us. My kid doesn't know what that smell is. Mm -mm. Actually, my parents don't know what that smell is either because they were like, here's your, you know, $2.50. Go do this by yourself. Mm -hmm. This is a smell that's just for us. We're the only ones who remember it. Mm -hmm. And it is indelible. And it's not the same, you know, a week or two later when your vinyl is all cold and kind of stuck together. It's only right then after it's been kind of um, warm. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So writing the high of my slightly melted vinyl, we head into Sam Goody. Um, I'm looking for a particular 45. It's Duran Duran with Rio on side A and Lonely in Your Nightmare on side B. There's a poster of Simon Le Bon hanging up that I don't have, but I spent almost all my money on rainbow heart stickers and tiny notebooks (laughs) with little tiny pencils. And we haven't even hit the earring kiosk yet. It's hard to be 13 and so in between, you guys, right? Little stuff, but the big girl stuff. Um, but I get the 45 and a few small buttons for my jean jacket. Duran Duran, of course, another Go-Go's one, and one that says gag me with a spoon. <laughs> um, then we browse Sharper Image. You guys, there's a phone there without a cord. No. I'm, I'm dead no. serious. Yep. Whoa. And then Radio Shack <laughs> to play with the little battery-operated animals that walk and flip. 
Um, and then we slowly cruise by the arcade to peer in and see if any of the gross boys from school are inside playing Centipede or Galactica or Asteroids. Um, we stroll by Chess King to see if the hot sophomore is working. He's not. <laughs> and then we go into Jay Jacobs to try on the members-only jackets we both desperately, desperately want. Mm-hmm. Um, but after gathering our courage, we have to scurry into Spencer's to wander through the black light section, put our hands on the glass globes, and watch the electricity currents dance inside. And then, but only, only if no one else is in the <laughs> store, and I mean not a single other person, we venture to the back corner to whisper <laughs> and giggle in horror at the penis-shaped necklaces <gasps> and the furry oh. handcuffs. Like, what do you do with those anyway? What are wonder. handcuffs for? Why are they furry? I don't understand. Uh, yeah. So then is it for when you play cops and robbers? I guess, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the last of our money, we go and we buy best friend split heart necklaces, earrings that look like gigantic paper clips, and feathered barrettes <laughs> that look a lot like roach clips, but they're so totally cute that we get them anyway. <laughs> Did you uh, know they were roach clips? Like, I just didn't no. understand that. Mm-hmm. No, I just thought they were fun things you put in your hair. Yeah. Uh, we're getting picked up back outside of Nordstrom. So we head back a little early so Kristen can get a new pair of jelly shoes. Uh, she has her mom's Nordstrom card. And I can gaze at the blue and yellow Nordy tennis shoe roller skates I already have on my Christmas list. With half an hour to spare, we go back to Brass Plum and try on lacy gunny sex dresses to try to erase the memory of the shoe man asking us if we wanted balloons. Oh, like, sad. Whatever. Gag me with a spoon. <laughs> right. Uh, our day is over, but... We've just spent four glorious hours in retail nirvana, feeling the freedom fueled by a $20 bill, no supervision, and all the wide open possibility that is the wonder of the mall. Yeah, for sure. Perfect day. You guys did every single one of us mention Spencer's in our fantasy. Oh, of course. I think, how can how can you mention a mall in ni- the 1980s without mentioning Spencer's, right? I think that's significant that every single one of us mentioned Spencer's. Mm-hmm. It well, it was it was the store I was both thrilled by and slightly terrified by. Um, <laughs> it was an educational experience every Most time definitely. we went in. And you guys, I think this is funny. Um, our friend Julie <laughs> Joe said that when she would be dropped off at the mall all day, she says this. I spent most of my time inside Spencer's. <laughs> Julie Joe, sweet Julie Joe. <laughs> I know, and if you knew Julie Joe, penis right? She says, I spent most of my time inside Spencer's. I was mostly there to check out the lava lamps, fart sprays, and fake poop. (laughs) But I remember the naughty cards and glasses with naked ladies on. (laughs) Spencer's definitely left an impression. Oh, right. Long lasting. It's like they lured us in with the cute stuff and, you know, the village tins of lip balm. And then they hooked us with, um, with mugs that said shit happens. That's right. You know, naughty words that we weren't supposed to say. Well, it was kind of, that's kind of a gross, like, it's sort of like, you know, the pedophile who's like, Hey kid, want to come look at these cute little puppies? And then all of us, well, think about it. It's like they lure us in with this cute stuff only to get us in there and kind Mm -hmm. of, kind of, you know, affect us in a really bad way. Yeah. And I was assumed that if I, if I went up there with the shit happens mug, I, I just assumed that a store clerk was some sort of authority figure and I would bring it up there and they would say that I wasn't allowed. No, the Farrell's um, alarm would go off. Right. The, the ambulance siren would go yeah. off. Yeah. And I'm still wondering about that edible underwear. I think it was kind of made in my mind. It was like made out of like fruit wraps, you know, fruit like wrap. yeah, oh, fruit roll ups. Yes, of course. <laughs> yes. Right. Buckle up, guys, because I shopped in the very first Spencer store in 
the country. The very first oh Spencil store. Spencil's. Yes. Spencer's. Spencer's. The very first Spencer store was opened in 1961 in, guess where? The Cherry Hill, Hill Mall. Mall. You are right. <laughs> wow. The Cherry Hill Mall. And it is still in operation today. Oh, my gosh. Day. There's still a Spencer's? There is still a Spencer's. There are a lot of Spencer's. There's one at Ridgedale. Oh. I think mm-hmm. we might need to take a field trip there. We should. Oh, yes. yeah, that would be funny. Yeah. So, yes, the very first Spencer's, 1961 in Cherry Hill, as we just said, it was originally a just mail order catalog company, and it was uh, founded by two brothers, and they realized after the end of World War II that people had a lot of, they had some disposable income, and they were willing to spend it on stupid stuff that they didn't need. So, so before 1961, were there really not places to get stuff like that? I don't know if there were penis-shaped lollipops anywhere else, but... <laughs> Maybe, but they made it kind of much easier easier to access for the average Joe, Mm -hmm. perhaps. Um, So, yes, so we go to 1961, and that becomes the the Spencers that we uh, know and love. And it did have a few few iterations along the years, but it's still thriving. There you go. Better shop around. today. And thank you again so much for all of your participation and enthusiasm on this topic. This was a team effort, you guys, to be sure. Yes, you guys. Thank you so very much. Your contributions made this so much fun. And join us next week when we'll be saving the lyrics you thought you heard in a roundup of your funniest, dirtiest, and completely (laughs) illogical misheard lyrics from the songs of your childhood. And please, please, please help us out. Help a girl out. Uh, help a podcast out uh, by following, sharing, rating, reviewing, signing up for emails, doing all the things, you guys, all the things. We really, really appreciate it. And it's really the only way that we know we're getting heard and that we can make sure this really fun society grows. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, let's raise our glasses for a toast, courtesy of Jack Tripper, Janet Wood, and Chrissy Snow. Two good times. Two happy days. To Little House on the Prairie. Cheers. Cheers. And stay tuned for voicemails from our followers on their fun mall memories. Okay, so I was born in 1972, so the time that I really went to the mall the most was probably the mid-80s, and it was a big deal on days when we didn't have school, like, you know, President's Day or Veterans Day or whatever, to be dropped off at the mall in the morning and be allowed to spend all day there. Now, I didn't have a job or anything, so I didn't really have any money. My mom would give me money to, like, you know, just eat. But my best friend and I would meet there and we would spend all day. We would go into whatever the local music store was. There was one called The Wall there for a while. Um, And Fashion Bug was like a big clothing store and Deb. And um, I don't think we had a food court right away. We did have a Woolworths that had a lunch counter. But where we always ate was there was a pizza place at the one end of the mall. And we would always eat there. 
And of course there was a movie theater. So we'd always try to see if we could go to a movie, but just being dropped off there, you could easily spend six, seven hours there just looking at stores, trying on clothes we couldn't afford to buy and watching everybody else that was there. It was definitely the best time. I was so excited when we finally got a mall close to us. It was 30 minutes away in Huntington, West Virginia. We had to drive across state lines, but we finally had a mall and my mom would drive us over, me and my brother, and we would walk around and such a strange and amazing new world. (laughs) We probably only went three or four times a year, but it was always so exciting to go shopping. I got my first prom dress at the Huntington Mall at 579. And it was probably a size zero back then. I don't even know if they have that size anymore. I certainly don't have it in my closet right now. (laughs) Um, And then my other favorite store was actually Hickory Farms. You could go get free samples of cheese and sausage. And for some reason, that was just so exciting when I was a little kid, Um, even when I was a teenager. And then I remember getting my first bikini, my first two-piece. I think it was at the Limited Um Oh, gosh, good times. I'd forgotten about how exciting it was to look forward going to the mall. <laughs> Something I do not do anymore, <laughs> or at least I don't look forward to it when I do go. Oh, my gosh, so many memories. My best friend Mark's mom every year did the photo booth to have your picture made with Santa Claus. And so, of course, she roped us into being her elves, which required us to wear red velvet vests with fake fur trim, of course. This was way before any digital or otherwise images, and the pictures came out on Polaroid that you put into a paper card that had a cheesy little frame around it. It was so much fun, and we laughed so hard all the time. Uh, This was probably 83 through 86, so prime mall time right outside of the gap. (laughs) It was awesome. Hello, Pop Preservation Society. This is Diane from Indianapolis, known as DMB Fan Diane on Instagram. I'm talking about going to the mall in the 70s and 80s. My Lord, my mom made us dress up to go to the mall. I don't know why this was a thing, but I guess she thought it was a big deal. We would go to the Concord Mall in Elkhart, Indiana, which is now, it's very run down and none of the stores back in the day are even there anymore. But there was a JCPenney, which I think is maybe still there, Montgomery Wards, and a local store called Robinson's, which was like the fancy store that we never bought anything at. Maybe it's called Robinson's, Roberts, something like that. Anyways, I would always go to the Music Land because it was right outside JCPenney. And my mom said I could go in Music Land because she knew I was there. It was right by the front of JCPenney. And I could pick out one record and one piece of sheet music for my piano lessons. I know it's very nerdy. There was also Casual Corner, I remember, and an Athletic Annex store. And 
like an Osco drugs. Information, opinions, and comments expressed on the Pop Culture Preservation Society podcast belong solely to me, the Crushologist, and Carolyn and Hello Newman, and are in no way representative of our employers or affiliates. And though we truly believe we are always right, I guess there's always a first time. The PCPS is written, produced, and recorded at Modern Well, a woman-centered co-working space in Minneapolis, Minnesota, home of the fictional WJM Studios and our beloved Mary Richards. Nanu Nanu, keep on trucking, and may the force be with you. We get a happy feeling when we're singing a song.